Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. My name is Joel, one of the pastors here at Celebration Church, and we're continuing our series, Go to the Great City. Hey, before we begin, uh, just want to welcome everybody who's a family of those families that have come today. Thanks for being in our church today. We're glad you're here, and welcome. We hope you have a great day today, and I believe God wants to speak something to each and every one of us individually this morning. He probably already has to some of you. If you woke up on time, you're paying attention. God's doing a great work, and I'm just so encouraged about what I see happening in our church and many of the the churches in our province, our city, and in our country. God's doing a great work, and uh, he's going to continue to do that work. I would encourage you, come tonight to tonight's service. Uh, we're, we're, we're focusing on worship and prayer, and uh, the, the house of the Lord is to be a house of prayer. And so we're going to take time to pray and ask God what he would do in our lives. But maybe um, it's a time that we need to come and just give him some stuff that's been going on in our lives. Or maybe you feel like you don't need prayer for something. That's awesome. Maybe tonight you need to be here and intercede for those that do need something. Maybe God will speak something to you tonight. I'd encourage you, come 6.30 tonight. It's going to be a special service together. I believe God's going to do something, and uh, we're going to pray. We're going to see people healed. We're going to see people set free. I believe we're going to get vision for the future, and the presence of God's going to be here. So I'd encourage you, come tonight. Okay, we're on week two of our series, Go to the Great City. Go to the Great City. We got a great city. And uh, today's message is called A Moment to Remember. I love the book of Jonah. We're walking through the book of Jonah through these next four weeks together. We're on uh, uh, number two, chapter two today. And I love the book of Jonah because it's backwards. You see, there's a man of God, a prophet of God, Jonah, and God speaks to him, and Jonah is the disobedient one. He's this, supposed to be this man of God, and what does he do? He's disobedient, uh, he's, he's kind of rebellious towards God. And then there's all these other people, like there, last week we talked about the sailors a little bit. The sailors are the ones bowing down and worshiping God. And then we, we'll see later that there's a rebellious people, and the people turn to God. But Jonah's kind of this nasty prophet who's kind of like, I don't want to do what God is telling me to do. It's kind of this backwards book, and it's sort of a good reminder for us that uh, just because we we know Jesus and we know that God um, has sent his son to save us and we're following him, uh, it doesn't mean we always get things right all the time, but God doesn't give up on us. And God doesn't give up on his plan for us. And so, uh, so today we walk through, you know, last week, Jonah, he disobeys, goes on a ship, gets thrown off, swallowed by a whale. And book or chapter two sort of takes a twist. And Jonah gets swallowed by this whale. And then he records this prayer that he prayed while he was in the whale. You see, before Jonah goes to the city and has success and, and, and does what God asks him to do, he pauses and he thanks God for saving him. And if we're going to go and we're going to love the city that we live in, we got to realize how much God loves us. Before Jonah goes to the city, he takes a moment to remember how good God is. And I want to read that moment to you this morning. Jonah chapter 2. I'm going to read it from the CSB. Jonah chapter 2 is going to be on the screens as well. But if you want, you can go up there in your Bible or if you have an app on your phone, you can read along with me. We're going to read the word together. So he gets thrown off this boat. And he gets swallowed by this fish. And here's Jonah's prayer. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress. And he answered me. 
I cried out for help from deep inside Sheol. It's another word for hell or dark place. You heard my voice. When you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. The water engulfed me to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains and the earth's gate shut behind me forever. But then you raised my life from the pit. Lord, my God, as my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you. With a voice of thanksgiving, I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. God, thank you for your word. I thank you that we can draw near to you as we draw near to your word. As we take in your word, God, we can get to know you better. I thank you that you're a present God who cares about what we're going through today. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for watching out for us. And today, God, we want to hear from you. We're ready for you to speak. We ask that you have your way in our lives and we yield to your will for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jonah writes this passage after he's been puked up by this whale. And uh, he now knows that the whale was God's way of delivering him. Have you ever had something happen to you that you didn't want to have happen, but when you look back, you realize it was actually God looking out for you? Like in the moment, you're like, ugh. But you look back and you're like, I dodged a bullet on that one. Right? You didn't get the job. You're so annoyed. God has something better for you. You lost the house and you're crushed. You're like, ah, that was the house for us. What you don't know is that the basement flooded like a month after, you know, somebody else bought it. Or, or maybe you broke up with somebody and you thought life was over. You'd never find somebody again. But here you find yourself in church this morning. And maybe Mr. Wonderful is sitting in the same row as you. Who knows? And you know, God has to save us from ourselves sometimes. And sometimes what feels like a no and what feels like a dead end can actually be his grace in our lives. Jonah might have thought that the whale was going to kill him, but that whale ended up saving his life. God is so gracious, so kind. And no other religion, past or present, has an emphasis on divine grace compared to Christianity. Like there's, there's, there's plenty of other religions but no other religion has the emphasis on grace that we have, has the hope that we have. You know, so often you, you dig into other religions, it's like there's an exchange going on there. You know, if you do this, you'll get this from whatever divine power, they, divine power they, they follow or, or, or whatever it is. And just like God sent the whale to Jonah, he sent Jesus to save us and deliver us. 
Jesus didn't come to be a, a good moral teacher. You know, he didn't come to be like a, a little yoga instructor to make you feel good about your life and send you on your way. Jesus became man because man made a mess, but God had a plan. You know what I love about God? God's not surprised by your mistakes. You know, we go through life, things happen, and sometimes we're like, why did I do that? And you know, God's in our life, and he's not surprised by the way we, we go this way or go that way. Like, do you think when Jonah goes out into that boat, God's like, oh my me. Did you get that? I can't believe he disobeyed me. And, and sometimes, sometimes like we're, we're just like, we're just so shocked by our mistakes. And we get so in our head about our mistakes. Like, oh, I was, I, you know, I should know better than this by now. Oh, I can't believe I reacted like that in that moment. Oh, why, how can I do this? And what's interesting is sometimes when we mess up, we act like we're more powerful than God. Like, oh, I've done that. Don't give yourself so much credit. We, we, we act like, oh, I messed up. I took it this way or that way. And oh, everything's messed up because of me. Man, when God made you, he already factored in your mistakes. When God made his plan for you, he already knew you're going to make mistakes along the way. And guess what he does? He works them out for good. Now, I'm not saying uh, we should just live however and just do whatever. And, you know, God will figure it out. There's going to there's gonna be consequences to when we go, you know, to the left or the right and do our own thing. But as you go through life, I feel it's so important to take time and like Jonah did here, take a moment to remember how good God is. I want to preach to somebody this morning that forgot how good God is. That maybe you've been going through life, you know, you've been doing your thing and you just feel beat up, feel discouraged today. We need to take a moment and breathe and remember we got a good God. Got a good God who looks out for us, who's already making a way, who's working things that we don't even see. Every time we, we pray, we feel like nothing's happening. God's doing something. The Holy Spirit's working. Come on. Hebrews 4.16. I love this verse. We don't have a high priest who's unable to emphasize with our weakness. Like, oh, I can't believe how pathetic you are. No, we got a high priest who understands what we're going through here on earth. We have a high, but let's get back to the verse, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So what are we to do about it? Well, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And sometimes our weaknesses, they leave us so insecure with a lack of confidence you ever notice that? You make a mistake and it just leaves you with a lack of confidence. Like, remember failing a test in school? Like, school is just so black and white. Do you suck or not? It's like, here's a number to tell you how much you suck. Um, but it's, it's so black and white. I remember I failed so many tests in school. And I remember there was like a board. I think they do it online now. You guys are lucky. But there was a board back in the day. They'd post the, the, the numbers up. Where, how'd you do? I walk up to that board, look at it, oh, walk my, you know, walk away in shame again. <sighs> we still do the same thing today. I remember when I failed grade eight, man, that whole summer. I, I remember just getting that report card and thinking, yeah, I did okay in school, having a few weeks of bliss in the summer, and then the report card came in the mail. <sighs> I remember walking out on my parents' back deck, standing there, 
hanging my head in shame. How could I do this? Now my plan's got to change. I can't go back to that school. I was picking on those grade sevens last year. Now they're in the same grade as me. But you know, too many of us live our life like this. Where we just, we make one mistake after another. And we hang our heads in shame. We act like we're more powerful than God sometimes. But Hebrews says, approach him with confidence. How do we approach him with confidence? Just be confident in him, not yourself. If you're confident in yourself, man, it's going to leave you with a lack of confidence. But if you're confident in him, what he's done for you, what he's doing through you, what he's already done, come on, if your confidence is in him, you can approach him with confidence. You receive mercy, you receive grace. You receive God's inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless you. You know, God's grace comes with undeserved benefits. God's grace comes with undeserved benefits. Jonah should have died in the water that day. I love how he paints that picture for us. The currents overcame me. The water engulfed me to my neck. Seaweed wrapped around my head? That's disgusting. Anybody ever swam in an Alberta lake and you get that seaweed touch your foot and you just, Ugh. Jonah had it wrapped around his head. I love the Living Bible. It says this for, uh, uh, in verse seven. He says, when I lost all hope. When I lost all hope. What a picture Jonah is giving us about how bad it really was. He didn't deserve to live, yet he's there, alive and well, in the warmth of a whale. This freezing cold ocean, all of a sudden he's, hmm, this is nice. I have just impregnated this whale, basically. Uh, well, no, not, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, like, wow. <laughs> Come on. Colette, I'm trying to preach here. She's like dying in the front. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but as <laughs> Okay. He's in the belly of the whale is what I was trying to say. And it's warm in there. <laughs> and at <laughs> What a picture. What a picture Jonah has given us about how it... <laughs> God, thank you for your grace to get us through this message in the name of Jesus. Okay. He didn't deserve to live, yet he's there alive and well in the warmth of this well. And at times... In life, we live expecting the worst to happen. Like we're, we're expecting, oh, I've done this. This bad stuff's going to happen. It's almost like we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, yet we're living in the grace of God. So like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like walking around. I'm going through life. I'm living and I'm expecting, yeah, something. I'm sure something bad is around the corner. But God's like, no, I got grace for you. 
I've already forgiven you for that. In fact, I'm going I'm to bless you in this moment. I think maybe we should expect a little bit more of God's grace in our lives. That maybe we should expect God's going to show up because the grace of God has undeserved benefits. And what we realize is, and, and it's not like we live in this lawless way. It's just we're doing our best. We're following Jesus as best we can. And you know what? The, for whatever reason God chooses to bless us, take care of us, he's going to figure it out. That's what he does. That's how God acts. I love Jesus just shined a light on this in, in Matthew chapter 7. It says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Some of us are asking for bread and we're going, yeah, I'm going to get a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, and don't we? Like we're buying our kids new shoes every other week while we're wearing like the 10-year-old pair of Nikes. That's like the dad life right there, is your kids roast you for what kind of shoes you're wearing, yet the only reason you're wearing those shoes is because you keep buying them shoes. And that's how God is with us. He's not concerned about himself. He's concerned about you. How much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Come on, we got to expect more of God's grace in our lives. This week I was shopping with my cousin. My cousin was staying at my house. I went to Superstore. He's from a small town. They don't have Superstore. And so he was like blown away. It was like Disneyland for him. He's like, this is amazing. And he has like the points program that you can use at Superstore and a bunch of other stores. He's telling me about this points program. You got to get these points, he's telling me. And so we're walking around this store. He's telling me, oh, I would get this many points off this, this many points off that. I was like, yeah, I should probably get on this, this thing, whatever. And then when we go to checkout, I was like, look, watch me. I'm going to be this noble cousin and I'm going to give him all my points. Oh, because I'm just, that's just how I am. I'm just a good person like that. And so I said, Ken, I don't have the points program yet. Why don't you take my points today? He says, oh, that's so kind of you. And he goes up and he starts typing in stuff. And then he scans his card. And my, my balance after he scanned his card went from like a hundred and something down to nine bucks. And he used all of his points, not all of his points, he used his points to pay for my bill. What a good cousin. But... I think it just reminded me of a picture of how we are with God sometimes. God, you can have my points. I'm so good. Right? And God's like, no, I'm going to take care of you. You, you can never outgive God. You can never outserve God. You know, I willingly rack, racked up a bill. I didn't deserve to walk out of that store without paying for it. Yet I walked out with a surprise. Like, what just happened? That's how God's grace works. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. Yet God provides. That's good. But sometimes we can, if we're not careful, get familiar with God and act like he owes us something. Like, so we get grace backwards. Like I did, you know, it's like, God, did you see how much I gave? You see how much I serve you, God? You better show up. Where's my whale? But God doesn't owe us anything. Jonah's alive when he shouldn't have been. And what does Jonah do? Takes a moment to remember the Lord. Remember how good God has been. When you were hurt, now you're healed. Your life was headed one way, now it's headed in another. You were in danger, now you're rescued. You're lost, now you're found. 
If you don't feel like you have a testimony, sometimes you talk to young people, they, they, they might hear an extreme testimony of life going one way and, and then it turns back to another way. If you don't feel like you have a testimony like that, can I just tell you that in itself is a testimony? That in this dark world, God has protected you, kept you safe, cared for you. We serve a God who gives us what we don't deserve. And what happens when we're aware of it? Well, awareness of God's grace leads us to sacrifice. That's exactly what happens in, in the scripture here. Jonah's response to salvation is sacrifice. He's like, God, you're so good. Man, I'm going to sacrifice for you. Sacrifice precedes love. This is what I love about engagement rings. You know, they say there's three rings, the three rings of marriage. There's the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and the suffering. Uh, <laughs> kidding. Uh, but... This is, what, this is what I love about engagement rings is that they cost a significant amount. And so it's a symbol that I'm willing to let this person cost me something. So the engagement ring is not the end of the cost. It should actually be the beginning. Should actually be like, that's a symbol of what I'm going to continue to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to allow this marriage to cost me something. When you're willing to let it cost you something, man, it changes everything. You sacrifice for that love that you found. Ephesians 5, Paul talking about marriage. It's all about sacrificing in both ways. And the word he used for love in, in this specific verse is agapeo. That's the Greek word that he uses for it. It's seeking the highest good for another person. He's trying to say, this marriage that you're entering into is going to cost you something significant. We don't appreciate things that don't cost us nothing. Salvation is, the, is a free gift, but it'll cost you everything. You don't have to earn it right now. You can just receive it. We can pray at the end of service, and we will, and you can receive salvation in that moment, but that's the beginning of it costing you something. And Jesus said that would be, that would be the way that we live. Matthew 16, 25, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And I think sometimes the city, the people that we're called to reach, might think that what we do in this building is an exchange, good deeds for eternal life. Like we sacrifice because we have to. If we sac if we're, you know, if we just get, we're so scared of hell that we just come here to exchange weekly worship for our ticket to heaven. But church is not a transaction, it's a celebration. It's not me, we're coming here to, you know, pay our dues so that and when, you know, we don't go to the fiery pit one day. It's actually a celebration of everything God's done. Everything Jesus already paid for, did for us, took care of us. Man, he loves you so much. And Titus 3 says this, he poured out his spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. I didn't earn it. I was born into it. Or should I say born again into it? That's what heirs do, right? They're, they're born into things. Same thing. We get born again. Now I'm an heir of eternal life. So are you. We come to church to encounter the one who's already done the good deed for us. He's already promised eternal life. You don't have to do another good deed in your life to get to heaven. You can waste your life watching Love is Blind and eating flaming Hot Cheetos. You'd still get to heaven. But when we take a moment to remember God's grace, 
It's crazy what God does. And so if you, if you, find, if you find that you're like, yeah, I'm having a hard time with the sacrifice thing. It's like, you don't have to go and be like, I just got to sacrifice more and work harder and I'll figure it out. The answer is just to look at how much God loves you. The answer is to look at Jesus, to look at God and know nothing you'll ever do will make you worthy of a relationship with him. It's everything he did. Uh, he'll never love you more or less than he does right now, that he calls us sons and daughters, daughters that he designed us for adoption. He cares about you. He's a personal God. Oh, when you encounter this kind of love, you cannot help but sacrifice. Take a moment today to remember God's goodness and you'll start to live for something bigger than yourself. You'll start to create a better future for those that you won't even live in. Jesus did that for you and me. I just want to, I just feel like somebody needs to hear this this morning. God doesn't change his mind about you. He's made up his mind and God doesn't change his mind about you. He will not only not give up on you, he won't change his mind about you. When Jonah is puked up onto the shore there, the story could have ended. I saved you, shouldn't have. Obviously, you're not the guy I thought you were. I'm going to move on to somebody else. But God doesn't change up. His, God doesn't change his mind about Jonah. He's not like, I can't believe you did that. No more grace for you, little boy. That's enough. I'm moving on. And Jonah, that little weasel, would rather die than preach to his enemies. Yet God doesn't give up on him. Here's, here's what the Bible says about God. It says a lot of things, but I love this one. Exodus 34. This is the Old Testament, okay? Sometimes people are like, God is nasty. In the Old Testament, what changed? He's always been good. He's always been, we, we, you know, we might not understand the intricacies of everything that happens in the whole book. And hopefully, you know, we'll learn as much as we can. And then one day when we get to heaven, we'll just lay it all at the feet of Jesus and learn how off we were about our theology. But here's what it says in the Old Testament. The Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. Throughout the entire Bible, you see God making a way to reconnect with his children. We run away from him. He finds a way to get back to us. God is not spending his time trying to get you to perform in a certain way. He just wants your attention your heart. And he doesn't change his mind about you. Sometimes we create distance because of the little things we hold on to. Unforgiveness, lust, bitterness, selfishness. Sometimes we just hold on to these things and we sort of drive a wedge between us and God. Kind of just, you know, we make some distance. We forget about how deeply he loves us. But I want to read to you Psalm 103 this morning as we begin to close. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as east is from west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The good father lays down his life for his kids. And the gospel is all about what has been done, not what we must do. 
We need to take a moment to remember today. David prays this prayer. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And for some of us, we've lost that joy. But God doesn't change his mind about you. Thank you, God, for your grace and your forgiveness. I love, I love the, the things we pick up in the Bible about Peter, one of the disciples. Just, I just resonate with Peter. I love this guy. And Peter, he ends up denying Jesus three times. I'm sure he was hanging his head about, oh, disobedient. What was I thinking? I'm sure he was down on himself, like failing a test. I failed. And here's the beauty of Jesus. After his resurrection, obviously he knows what was happening with Peter. And after his resurrection, he makes a point of asking Peter three times, do you love me? Each time, Peter's like, "Why? Are, what are we doing here? Yes, you know I love you. It's like, okay, feed my sheep. Ask again. Peter, do you love me? Yes, okay, I, you know I love you. Okay, feed my sheep. Keeps asking him. Keeps, and I'm sure in the moment, Peter's like, what is wrong with this guy? Okay, like he, he resurrected. He's a little slow. I, I just told him. But what was Jesus doing in that moment? He was giving Peter the opportunity to undo each denial. Oh God, you're so good. You know, recently I, uh, something happened to me. I just felt was, I just felt it was really unfair. It wasn't in the church. It was just in a, a personal situation. You know, don't try and get the tea or what's going on. Um, just something, something happened that I just felt was really unfair to my family. And, uh, and you know, I, I tried to stand up for myself, you know, tried to have this person hear me. They put me to a person above them. I tried to do this, like the honoring thing. And this person, I just felt mistreated us and wasn't fair to us. And, um, just wouldn't hear me out. Wouldn't keep their word. And so I was frustrated and I was like, okay, here we go. One star review is coming, baby. Started writing it in my notes. Like, I was like, I'm coming after them. Vengeance is mine, says Joel. Like, I was like, I was ready, you know. I was, I was ready to go after this person. I'm like, I'm going to take them down. I started going in my head about, yeah, what I'm going to do. I'm going to get back at this person. And uh, I just, I, had, I was just heated. I was like shaking. I was, I was ready. I'm like, okay, I'm going to blast them on the internet. If that doesn't work, I'm going to put a sign on my car and park it out in front of their business, whatever. I was just angry and uh, just felt that something quite unfair happened to us and seemed like nobody cared. And I felt like God was like, can you do what my word says and turn the other cheek? Just like I did for you. Can you love your enemies? I know you can, you know, I know you can do that with your friends, but can you give grace to your enemies? Which is what God is asking Jonah to do in this text. And it's crazy because we actually make ourselves an enemy of God almost when we mess up, when we, you know, turn from him. It's just, it's so opposite of his nature, who he is. 
Yet God still loves us, still cares for us, still forgives us, still gives us another chance. And man, I wanted to get back at those people so bad, but you know, it's just like, as you give it to God and say, God, I don't want to get back at them. I actually want you to bless them. It's crazy how God will reveal himself to you in that moment. God loves you. He loves you so much. And he has called us to this great city. Before we ever go out and reach it, we got to realize how much he's reached us. He's loved us. He's cared for us. And I want to take a moment to pray today with anyone who feels far from him. God, thank you for the people in the room that you you just love so much. Just pray right now for those who are feeling distant from you. Or for those who they know that their maybe uh, their life isn't uh, surrendered to you. They're not. They maybe believe, but they haven't taken a step to say, okay, God, I'm I'm all yours. Thank you for your word. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So if you'd like to pray a prayer today to receive that forgiveness for your sin and to be purified from all unrighteousness, I just want to, it would just be such an honor if I had an opportunity to lead you in that prayer, you just repeat after me. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. And what I'm gonna ask is everybody who calls himself a follower of Jesus just to repeat after me as well in agreement with those making this great decision today. So just repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth, living a perfect life, and die on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that you are Lord and God raised you from the dead. Holy Spirit, come now, dwell within me. Thank you for the new life I receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for what God's done here today. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.